Shea butter and popcorn. <laughs> okay, let's start the show. Shea butter and popcorn, the final season. Let's get it. Saishu season no shea butter to popcorn. Burro, carité, popcorn, l'ultima stagione. Sit back, relax, and listen. Friday's gonna have you glistening. Get ready for a real good vibe. Shea Butter and Popcorn, now live. Welcome to Shea Butter and Popcorn. With Taj and Chels, Season 5, Episode 1. Shea Butter and Popcorn is the podcast where your neighborly film fanatics review our favorite films and shows. My name is Chelsea, aka Chels, singer, actor, blogger, podcaster, and all around movie lover. This is where real life and cinema intersect. Yeah. And my name is Tajiana, also known as Taj, also actor, director, lover of Black Stories, Black Narratives, Black Everything. Welcome back, y'all. Yes, this is so special. It's our final season. Wow. This is it, y'all. This is it. Oh my goodness. (laughs) This is surreal. My goodness. Jeez, I remember when we started. It's like, dang, it it, it feels like forever ago. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) My goodness. But our main goal is to have the time of our lives. Honestly, there was just so much to see in the last three months alone since we talked to you all. Oh my goodness. Uh, By the way, we're live. Hello. Hello. What's up, y'all? You can see our faces. Hi, how are you? Oh my goodness, it's so fun. Um, There's so many things that I was able to catch and see. Like the Respect movie was legendary. Shout out to Jennifer Hudson, the whole cast and crew. Everybody was incomparable. Oh my God. Got Audrey McDonald, Mary J. Blige in there, Haley Kilgore. Like seriously, what? Marlon Wayans did the darn thing. He was really good too. I was like, wow, oh my gosh. But seriously, tune in weekly, y'all. You might learn something. We're going to have fun. This episode alone is going to be jam-packed. Okay, we're going to be talking about locations where we've seen stuff before. You feel we're going to talk about documentaries. Okay, it's going to be so cool. And we're going to be doing a recap. Yes, flashback, flashback. Flashback, some of our favorites, you know, and we're going to be recapping this season too, just highlighting our favorite episodes and why we love those. But honestly, have you ever watched so much TV, Taj, where you recognize the location of other shows? I think I have. I'm not even gonna lie. I I think that's a thing for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely mm-hmm. recognizing the location of where something was filmed after seeing it so many times, and then you're out and about like, whoa! Yeah, like before. <laughs> I've seen it. Wait a minute. Ah, no, I recognize this. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I feel like we've been in the house for so long that we're film critics <laughs> because of last year. It's like wait okay this is weird oh my gosh please we in the house now hi from my room (laughs) the nice corner you got the clean the clean corner right Right. hello from my new apartment y'all that is not finished yet (laughs) it got random stuff in the back but we appreciate (laughs) that that. look look at that white wall look at that love love the undecorated wall love it (laughs) i love it oh my gosh so a location scout, you know, it's a crucial role in pre-production because honestly in filmmaking in general, because their one job, you know, is very detailed. They have to find 
the perfect place that kind of matches the vision of the director and the yeah. story you know it's it's imperative to have that perfect place um the film argo which i know we've mentioned before they're trying to escape as a film crew one of them actually uh disguises themselves as a location scout so it's a very important job so we're gonna highlight some few locations and then uh switch over to docs so um so mine i have a few picks uh it'll be very quick um because <laughs> I had to find some, y'all. So, so these are mine. It's going to be LOL. <laughs> uh, Frank's Diner. It was featured in um, Rue's special Euphoria episode starring Zendaya. Love her. And it's the same diner that was featured in 2011's Larry Crown starring Tom Hanks. So I thought that was very interesting. Um, and also, I believe I saw Frank's Diner in a Geico commercial once. So oh, wow. know, they used that one location... Um, I believe it's in Burbank, if I'm not mistaken, and they use that place a lot. So I was like, that's really interesting. Um, Central Park in New York City is also officially the most popular set location in uh, the film and TV world because it's appeared um, 231 times in movies. I was like, what? 231 times? That's huge. So those are mine um, where I've seen it before, you know, Zulia. <laughs> truly yeah deja vu where have i seen it wait what mm-hmm. what's happening mm-hmm. i'm just saying uh <laughs> taj let me know what yours are yeah i have a couple these listen y'all know that i can't get away without having a conversation about location without mentioning the illustrious bay area so i wanted to talk about two locations that i personally have actually toured um and seen which is one um, the Full House House in San Francisco. It's on Broderick Street, and it is a now, of course, considered a historical landmark. Um, and also, um, if you're not familiar, of course, with um, That's O' Raven, the Baxter House, um, I have some pictures of me in front of the house, which is awesome. And um, it's on Ashbury Street. And the reason why I wanted to mention these two is because the architecture of San Francisco homes are like, so I feel like they're so noticeable. They're very distinct. Um, And I think that in order to write a show that is centered around San Francisco life and is based in the city, sometimes people film stuff that's not in the location that the story is centered about. So I really appreciated that these stories are centered um, you know, in the city, even the B-roll with like, that's a Raven. If y'all remember like <laughs> the trolley and like, mm. you know, I'd be like, wait, you took a field trip there. Like, you know, like it was so cool being like a little girl being from the Bay and being like, wait, is that San Francisco? Um, and yeah, that's a Raven was just a huge inspiration to me as a, as a young actor and like, you know, just as a creative in general. So Um, Yeah, those are like super, super prominent, especially here in the Bay Area. It's a very much a tourist type of vibe that the people who live there now are always getting people coming up, taking pictures. It's very interesting. And so I always hear about the person who like lives in that house now always like talking about like people always mention that person and how they're navigating their house being a a uh, former like TV literal location. So um, it's very cool and awesome. So those are a couple of locations that um, stand out to me. So if you guys are ever in the Bay, come to San Francisco and tour them or check it out. 
Yeah, the bay is beautiful. I think it's so cool how they have that set up too. Cause like one of those places you mentioned, I feel like I've seen those type of Victorian houses. Um, yes, and the last, the last Black Man in San Francisco movie had that too, where it was all like these like colonial. Yes, I just passed by that one too. Oh, like, you did? Okay. Me and my coworkers were like, wait, is that the, is that the house? It was like the front of the front where they, they filmed. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. So it's, I think it's also inspiring as a filmmaker and as an actor to be like, wow, these are, you can literally go to a place and create a whole story. And now, whenever we see a place, we think of that story. And so I think location is definitely, you know, shout out to the location scouts out there. They're, you know, building a lot of like tonality and like feeling attached to these places. So Mm-hmm. Um, very, very much thankful for y'all. Yes, they deserve their flowers for sure. Yes. Kind of like um, the Respect movie. Shout out to my voice teacher <laughs> mentor, Aretha Scruggs, was a oh my gosh on the soundtrack. Okay. I love her. I love you, Aretha. <laughs> and um, you know, I stayed to the end. I saw her name on the credits. I was like, ah, like it's like so cool. Like sometimes mm-hmm. people just like, oh, great movie. You see the cast and crew, but like honestly, mm-hmm. location scouts, line producer, uh, the best boys, like. They do so Everybody's much, important. so yeah. important, you know, and they help make the movie get made, you know, so it's important to talk and shed some light, I think, for them, for sure. So we're going to yeah. switch over to documentaries. Um, You see, we're wearing our podcast gear. We didn't show the people. Guys. I mean, come on. <laughs> see that? <laughs> y'all know y'all love this, this animation, this logo of us. They're like, I'm sick of seeing it. I'm sick of it. <laughs> um, I, I love it. So we hope that you enjoy our merch. Yes, our podcast merch. I did five seasons of a podcast. What? And then what did I get? All I oh. got. All I got. Oh, do we have names? On the, you have our on names the back? on the back. Oh, that's crazy. See? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's our names on the back. Yes. All I got was a study. I did five all, seasons. That's all, all I got. All the corn, all the cheese. Of <laughs> course. They're but like, it's our, oh, of it's our, this is how they would come through for their. It's family. our jerseys, you know. See, see honestly, you see that? Can you yes. <laughs> They're like, please hang it up. No, honestly, what we but, worked, we worked hard, y'all. It's our final season, our final fifteen. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna switch over to docs. Um, documentaries they can alter your perspective. Um, what makes them so special? You know, there's so many different ones that can really make you think, you know, which is important. I was recently enthralled by Joan Didion's story, the author on Netflix. She has a 2017 documentary, The Center Will Not Hold. The title alone has a double meaning, in my opinion. Not going to give it away. You got to watch it. Um, and I thought it was just very cool um, with um, how it evokes that message in the title alone with one of her mm-hmm. works, one of her books. And so getting into documentaries, I have a few picks. <laughs> you know, we we're we're some brainy girls. You need to, it's not just the glasses with us. <laughs> you know, so yeah. Um, first one for me is Nora Ephron, Everything is Copy 2015, and it's directed by Jacob Bernstein and Nick Hooker, available on HBO Max, Amazon Prime, and Hulu. So it has 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which means people love it. Hello. Okay. That's it. That's it. 78% of Google users enjoyed it too. So not too shabby, you know. Uh, 
It's utilizing home movies and interviews with family, friends, and colleagues. Jacob Bernstein examines the life and legacy of his mother, filmmaker Nora Ephron. Um, her family, they were all screenwriters. Her mother always told her and her siblings that everything is copy, meaning use everything, you know, and make art with it, journal everything and, you know, write it down. I think that's very important because like my mom was very keen on my sister and I having journals growing up and then using our experiences and applying it to art is so imperative. Um, she penned some of my favorite movies, uh, the screenplays of When Harry Met Sally, Sleepless mm. in Seattle, You've Got Mail, Julie and Julia, Silkwood, Heartburn. And Heartburn is based off the book, the 1983 book of the same name Nora Ephron wrote about struggling in her second marriage and her subsequent divorce. So it's very, very good. If you love movies, you want to see inside look of someone who helped make movie magic, check that out. Next up is Tina, 2021. Come on now. Ooh, directed, Come on now. <laughs> directed by Daniel Lindsay and TJ Martin, y'all. It's available on HBO Max. Please watch this film. It's one of my HBO favorites. HBO Max is clutch. It's like, you know, we all know mm -hmm. HBO Max is elite. Just don't hit pause. Don't fast forward. Don't rewind. Don't do that because it will... <laughs> Everybody knows. Y'all know better than to rewind and pause on HBO Max? What you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you must sit through the whole thing and watch it from top to bottom. You have to. No you pause. Have to. It's one of my favorites on this list. It has a score of 92%, which I think is eight points too low. Okay. You were going to say that. <laughs> yeah, this girl <laughs> raved, raved about Tina. Oh my <laughs> gosh, the reviews. It's so good. 90% of Google users, you know, enjoyed it. And I mean, it's the queen, Tina Turner, the rock and roll goddess. And I think it's so amazing because she is African-American and amazing fighter and everything she's gone through. And to be in that space of rock and roll, like, you know, kicking butt and taking names. I love it. It's a revealing and intimate look at the life and career of musical icon Tina Turner charting her improbable rise to early fame, her personal and professional struggles through life, and her resurgence as a global phenomenon in the 80s. It's incredible. And without giving too much away, seriously, I learned so much about her. And I have so much more respect about her because the media can be very cruel to women, you know, especially women of color. And, you know, that that can't fly anymore, but it still does. Yeah. Who's giving it wings? It's not me. Not I. <laughs> not us not I. <laughs> please i'm not here for it um next up is mary j blige my life 2021 oh. by vanessa roth <laughs> they need to stop they just want me to be on the floor with these i'm sick of it but i love it <laughs> it's so good it's available on okay. amazon prime it's so good so it has a relatively lower rating it has 60 percent rotten tomatoes but 93% of Google users enjoyed it. I'm going to go with them. This one really got me. I didn't know much about, you know, what Mary J. Blige went through. And Mary and Tina, they both suffered abhorrent abuse by their former partners. And it was just so crazy to see. This one celebrates the 25th anniversary of her sophomore effort entitled My Life from 1994. Um, she went through so many traumatic events and she even tried to take her own life. And I was like, what? Um, she just wanted to stand the sun. She wanted to stand in the sun, like the song Everybody Loves the Sunshine by Roy Ayers. Aww. And she claimed it. That's such a great song, isn't it beautiful? She yeah. claimed it was her um, soundtrack theme to her life, mm -hmm. you know? And that is so um, sweet. 
Yeah, I'm so glad she's still here. She's still here and killing yeah. it. And she went from yeah. poverty to triumph, you know? Yeah. Love the resilience. Love to see it. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's definitely a, a bittersweet movie, but it even features music mogul Andre Harrell, who recently passed away. So, mm-hmm. yeah, rest in peace to him. Um, peace yes. Uh, last up for me is Sisters on Track 2021. Directed by, I hope I don't mess this up, Tone Grothord Glenn and Corinne Vanderbork. It's available on Netflix. So it has a rating of 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, 92% rating by Google users. It's a coming of age story set in New York about the metaphorical and literal sisterhood of young athletes, Ty, Rain, and Brooke Shepard. They excelled in track and field while living in a homeless shelter with their mother, Tanya. So these beautiful girls, they were on The View. They won SBs for their record-breaking track meets, and it's about the highs and lows of their life. Uh, it's going to make you laugh, cry, feel Black excellence personified. It is so, so good. So please check those out. Those are my picks for this week. Taj, let me know what yours love are. those. Love those. Yeah. I mean, of course, I want to, like, talk about homecoming and 13th every single time (laughs) but I won't um but just know that when I think of documentary films documentary movies I'm always going to think of uh just the recap of my gosh one of I feel like Ava DuVernay's strongest work um which I mentioned in previous episode um but if you haven't watched it that or Beyonce's Homecoming, which of course, as most of you know, concert film recap of her Coachella performance, which is completely amazing. And I feel like every creative artist needs to watch it and it will motivate you. Um, So we have one informative and one entertaining, (laughs) but they're both still on Netflix. So please watch those. (laughs) If you haven't already, please watch them. Um, Yeah. Yeah, do it, do it. But besides those that are um, my favorites, um, I really, really, really am excited for Summer of Soul, um, which this documentary examines the 1969 Harlem Cultural Festival, which was held at Mount Morris Park, which is now um, renamed after Marcus Garvey, Marcus Garvey Park in Harlem and lasted for six weeks. So um, despite having a large attendance and performers such as Stevie Wonder, Mahalia Jackson, Nina Simone, The Fifth Dimension, uh, The Stable Singers, Gladys Knight, and The Pips, Blinky Williams, and Sly and the Family Stone, the festival was seen as obscure in pop culture, something that the documentary, documentary, whoa, documentarians, there we go, <laughs> investigate. So, um, this, um, is basically 40 hours of footage from that festival recorded on videotape and later placed in a basement where it sat for about 50 years unpublished, which is crazy. So the producer became aware of the footage and eventually acquired, um, the film and TV rights to the footage from its original producer. And so, um, that is just, I feel like was the main surprise for the producers was they were talking about how the footage sat, um, unpublished for so long. And um, they were just talking about how the music, you know, has had such a large impact and stating like what would have what would have happened if this was allowed a seat at the table. And so um, I'm really, really glad that they made this um, because I feel like it's very important for us to see 
um, how music has, you know, how black artists were perceived back then and like how, you know, how art and how music has kind of shifted and like, just look at the OGs. We just need to look at the OGs. I love historical like documentaries and like just learning more about like our predecessors. So um, please, please watch it. It's on Hulu. And it actually is directed by Questlove. Oh, yes, Quest Love. It's gonna make you cry, though. I'm a. I, I cried. It was beautiful because it was like it's lost. It was what got me was like this yeah. is so amazing, and I never knew this was. You know, you hear about Woodstock, you hear about all this other stuff, but you never hear about this. And it's like the revolution would not be televised, and it wasn't. And they like suppressed. You know, it was. Oh my god, the spirit was. <laughs> And the spirit was with me. Listen, I think it's so important. I'm so glad that Questlove directed this. And they did 2.7 million at the box office, which is pretty good. And um, I believe that, um, oh yeah, you can watch it on Hulu. Um, I I think that it's very important for these to be told, um, especially for our greats, because sometimes, you know, this is their art outliving them. And so I think it's super important to like, see, you know, what they went through and how they navigated um their um music artistry at the time so please do watch summer of soul which got a 99 percent right to my house. so you know it's good um and an oh, 8. out of 10 on imdb so there's that next one super exciting um which is crip camp a disability revolution um and this you can find on netflix um which oh my gosh i'm super super um, glad that this is out now because I feel like folks who, you know, are able-bodied need to be more aware of folks who are disabled and just what it's like. And so, um, basically it's a documentary film, um, that was directed, written, and co-produced by Nicole, uh, Newham and James Lebrecht. And it actually was um, executive produced by Barack and Michelle Obama under their Higher Ground Productions banner, um, which is very interesting. So um, I highly recommend recommend watching this because um, I think, like I said, it's super important to kind of see the, you know, give the humanity to like um, disabled folks. And like um, they've shared this with like a lot of um, humor, a lot of like beauty in terms of the experience of this um, group of disabled young people that they highlight and then like their journey, their journey to activism and adulthood and, and things of that sort. Um, So I I think that it's super cool that they highlighted this summer camp. And I think that we all, especially able-bodied folks need to watch it. Um, So super excited for that. Um, It got a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. We're doing good on Rotten Tomatoes picks today, y'all. Cause y'all know we'd be struggling, <laughs> but um, got a 7.7 out of 10 on IMDb. So feel free to watch that as well. And then the last one that I'm going to share for today is Homeroom. Um, <laughs> I knew like, you were going to talk about Homeroom. I said, if you don't talk about Homeroom, I'm about to bring it up. I saw that trailer. I haven't seen it yet, y'all, but I saw the trailer and I was Look, like. I'm excited to watch. watch. <laughs> I'm so excited to watch you guys because by the time you see this, I will have watched it, but Oh my gosh, we're super excited because we got Ojai, Oakland High School's class of 2020 confronts an unprecedented year as anxiety over test scores arises. Listen, test scores, college applications, um, they give way to some uncertainty springing from a rapidly developing pandemic. Love that they base this 
you know, documentary. And finally, I mean, there's a lot of documentaries that are, you know, filmed in and about the pandemic, but coming from the perspective of like students and like folks who are in school and like coming from the framework of education um, directed by Peter Nix, I believe that they did a beautiful job and you see some, you know, of our, you know, Oakland, um, you know, reps and folks in the in the film, but um, they basically made efforts to eliminate the school district's police force um, because um, there was a, you know, growing <laughs> demand for systemic change in the past year and ongoing. And so I'm super glad that um, that this was highlighted. I didn't even know that they were doing this until I saw um, the trailer. Um, and I think I saw some other promo about it, but the movie poster is just so eye-catching and I'm so glad that they released this. It's also on Hulu. So feel free to watch that. Um, it got an 89% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty good, but 4.8 out of 10 on IMDb. So, you know, everybody has their own, you know, taste and things like that. Um, but, um, it, it did receive some, some good praise and I'm really glad that Hulu acquired the rights, um, you know, the U.S. distribution rights to the to the film and released it because I believe that these stories, of course, my my whole value as a filmmaker is always to um, shed light and highlight, you know, stories coming from the Bay Area as well, because I believe that it can be super stereotypical or like not we need to delve deeper. So I'm glad that they're, you know, this project is out. So um Great job on, you know, <laughs> being in the Sundance Film Festival goals. So I'm glad that they, you know, got this got this out there. So really excited for that. Please watch it. Once again, it's on Hulu. And yeah, those are my, my documentary picks. Awesome. Okay, so before we go, I know we're going to have a couple uh, emotional episodes recapping. Oh, Lord. Our favorite, you know best to shea butter but before we get to that let's just <laughs> see she crying already <laughs> i just want to highlight just a few episodes that i really enjoyed making um over mm-hmm. the past five seasons and uh yeah. definitely you know it's, it's it's really we've been working we've been reviewing some movies and shows y'all but seriously just some highlights would have to be like history of black cinema which was in season one and then, like, I love how we were able to incorporate um, Decade Duty as well. Okay. And, like, we're not done. We still have another era, I think, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, that we have to cover. But that has been so fun, as well as, like, FUBU for me. Like, for <laughs> us, talking about, you know, Black excellence in cinema has been so fun because there's just so much to unpack and, like, yeah. learn different things. Like, Oscar Micheaux, I didn't know anything about him personally. And it was cool to find that out and be able to share that with you all and there's so many different shows like Guilty Pleasures that we watched because of 2020 stuff that we right. probably never watched. But it was fun to check out those shows like Love is Blind or Tiger King and stuff just to watch, you know, watching a train wreck kind of <laughs> some ways. Oh, gosh, those are those are my some of mine. But what are, what are yours? What do you want to share? Oh, man. I mean, retweet. I feel like a lot of the it's so hard to pinpoint favorites over our journey with covering movies and TV with you all. But I, of course, as a, as a black filmmaker and actor, always trying to infuse those like socially relevant, you know, uh, socially relevant content, as well as like black centered content. I do feel like a lot of like, you know, black cinema, FUBU, as well as um, like our quarantine, you know, uh, releases with the um, black TV, you know, uh, 90s kind of like shows. Um, a lot of the 90s stuff I just loved highlighting um 
uh, as well as, I mean, oh my gosh, I, I just love when we highlighted also artists, like up and coming filmmakers or like yeah. folks, um, actors yeah. that we kind of uh, got to highlight as well and things of that sort, talking about Nia DaCosta, Misha Green um, and things of that sort. Um, and, and kind of like in the um, earlier like seasons and kind of like season one and season two covering like movies that were, uh, you know, covering a wide range of demographics uh, from like Asian films to, I think we also had Latin films as well. Um, and yeah. yeah, representation. And then we had female directors. So I just love uh, all the ones that kind of align with my values as a filmmaker. And I think it was just so fun to kind of get into that as well as like, you know, the Bechdel, bringing back Bechdel. Bechdel, and- yes. Oh my gosh, I was gonna say that. That's true, that's true. And yeah. I love how we were able to highlight those filmmakers and then have our friends in film and media or actors be guests. Season three was back guess, on yeah. as well, which was fun just to highlight them and what they're doing. But yeah, female directors, I forgot about that one. That one was really, see, we've done so much, I forgot. But we it was just- a lot. <laughs> we've done a lot. No, it's so good to have that representation though in film and in media, you know? Yeah. And yes, Justice for Lovecraft Country. Y'all know they should have a season two. Apple TV might pick it up. We might begin the season two, I mean, y'all. I'm you know, Apple, Apple TV got literally every other show. Any show that you could... They need to come up, on. Honestly. I'm ready. Come on. They got comedies, dramas, limited series. <laughs> Look, Feeling I will make a crowdfunding <laughs> page at this point. I will start the crowdfunding page. It needs to happen. No, I know there's a lot of controversy over, like, I read that article and just... That's why I think it's so great that we're highlighting these, like... Black-centered films and TV shows because some of them you don't know how long they'll live. And I think that, you know, especially with Lovecraft Country was definitely a powerhouse that came out um, within this past, you know, year, this season um, of life that we've been in. I think that it's amazing that we were able to like all watch that together. And, you know, I know there's some creative, you know, differences there with um, the, uh, you know, some creative differences in terms of the producers and, you know, writers like okay they're going this direction and da 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 right so, what's happening know. it was like sci-fi sort of but then yeah. all, like, it was educational I'm confused but, uh, but the I pilot. guess I don't know I read the article yeah. and I was like are you telling the truth I don't know I just felt uh-huh. like I was like this show was so good and like the target audience was so invested and I feel like you know at the end of the day black filmmakers and actors we're gonna do what we gotta do and like Hopefully somebody, Apple TV, <laughs> gives, okay. gives that team a chance to like continue telling the story. And I'm, I would be very interested to see, you know, Misha, where she would go with it. She posted a lot of like, you know, her treatments kind of like the background stuff on Twitter. And like, I'm very interested to see how she would like do a season where, OK, now I'm branching off from the book and infusing my own like creative ideation into the story more so I would be very interested to see that just as an emerging filmmaker actor in general but anywho um hopefully that comes to fruition but yeah I appreciate y'all for enjoying you know all of the reviewing all of this content especially when we ain't had nothing else to do for almost the past couple years now nothing seriously because like this show started like the fall after we graduated college and then it was like okay we graduated into a pandemic essentially yeah hey who knew you know (laughs) but I mean it happens but yeah Lovecraft Country was definitely educational sundown towns a lot of people didn't know what that was unless you're like from the south and like other things where it's like this is like really 
It was powerful. It was good. Yeah. You know? But we are not done yet. And we're going out with a bang. We have so much to cover this season. So much. And that's why we thank you all for listening. Next week, we're going to talk about butt-kicking women. I am so excited. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes, please. Buddha on Lotus. <laughs> y'all know what we're saying. Right, they're like, uh-huh. listen, we can't, we can't get away without more women-centered content. So, well, <laughs> come on, that's why we're here. We're two female oh my gosh. Of course you're going to be talking about butt-kicking women. Who doesn't want of to? Of course. Come on. Of course. These movies are celebrating girls, sisters, who are doing it for themselves. Okay? Just like oh. the same this. Come on. Follow us on social media to stay updated on this podcast. You know what to do. Follow us on Twitter at Shea Butter Pop, on Instagram at Shea Butter Popcorn, or individually. Follow me at Chelsea J Music on Twitter or Instagram. And you can follow me at Tajiana Tweets on Twitter or Tajiana Okipuku on Instagram. Yes, please. Don't be shy. Come on. Don't be shy. And let us know what your favorite episode was and why or what you're looking for. Yes, let us know. I'm very curious to know. Please talk to us. Y'all got to talk to us now. We about to leave. Come on. You got to be on the I-10 by 10. Come on now. Oh, no. Not Johnson. Very vacation. Look, remember I reviewed that, y'all? Anyway. Just bringing back everything. All the memories. Just bring it all back. Hodgepodge. Why not? (laughs) Go on now. But I'll see you all. We'll hear from you all next week. Bye-bye.